You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Well, the year is 2021. And the, the shitty part is that with the change of the calendar, nothing's really changed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Winston and Catherine are here. Live Wild Radio. Uh, this episode we're calling The Why Part 2 because our very first episode was called The Why. Uh, and we think it's really important to kind of figure out uh, your why in anything. Because, And I don't remember who said it, but somebody smart said, if you know your why, the how will figure itself out. So, Catherine, why are we doing this? I'm going to comment to that first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Meaning, right? You got to have some kind of meaning in life. That's usually your equ- equation to happiness. Sometimes people chase it many different ways, but I think it has a lot to do with meaning. Yeah. So why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we're doing it because we love, I love talking to uh, passionate people, doing interesting things, pushing mm-hmm. their limits and growing. I've learned this year that my number one value and what I, or what I value the most is growth. So it makes a lot of sense to me now why I enjoy those conversations. Well, and that, that sort of sums up really well because we're, I don't know if we're, we're actually going to pivot in the content that much, um, but right now we're calling ourselves the Part-Time Adventure Podcast. Um, and we're going to turn just a little bit and make it a little bit more about, you know, personal growth, self-improvement, and all the fun adventures. And talking to super cool people. Often through adventures um, or adventures are always associated with it. Yeah. Because I think that's where growth happens. Yeah. And uh, we want to talk about cool shit that we think is cool. (laughs) And actually this year has been a bit of a segue into that already. Yeah. Well, because if you think about what is an adventure, right? Like if you read like the, the classic sagas. Right, there, it's always a journey, um, and and that journey is always a metaphor for like learning and and discovering, and so really, if you think about like the metaphor that adventures are, it's going on a journey. We don't know where we're going, right? You know, and obviously you might have a destination in mind, but it it's kind of the getting there part of it, yeah. Um, and and the person that gets to the destination is a different person than who started right because the the journey acts on you and that i find to be kind of one of the the fascinating things about you know the activities we do and obviously not every time you go out on a mountain bike ride or (laughs) go rock climbing yeah is it going to be a transformative experience sometimes it's just fun um, but, but this is kind of part of the palette, uh, that we use to paint with. Mm-hmm. But it's also the idea of just, you know, we're at, we're all, most people listening to this are adults working nine to five or whatever shift work or hours they do. And, you know, adventure often allows you to be like a kid again, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just get away from the everyday life. And mm-hmm. so anyways, I think that that's. It's the problem solving, it's the exploring, it's the try something new and get into this new hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like the ones that are outdoor related. I don't think, uh, aside from the Earthship, which, you know, is building a home, and we did that with Matt Code in yep. Collingwood Earthship. That's the name of his, his ship. Um, but most of it's outdoors because we like the outdoors. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think one of the biggest things with that uh, is that... Not outdoors um, is too comfortable. <laughs> we know it, mm. right? Um, it's trying to expand our circle of what we know, right? Like, so if you think when you're a little kid, what you know is a very small circle, right? Like everything you know is within the circle. So what you're aware that you don't know is very small as well, right? Um, and then the more you know, the more experiences you have, the bigger the circle becomes, like, of, you know, 
the known, if you want to call it, but the bigger uh, amount of things outside the border, right? And then it, it almost becomes addictive because you want to keep mm-hmm. exploring, keep learning, keep having new experiences. Uh, because it, it's through kind of a balance of mastery of the known, right? Like consciously working to be better at the things you you already know how to do. And then experiencing new things that kind of you add to your story in a sense uh, that continue to to propel you forward yeah. um, and flavor who you are. It's interesting because when I look back at this year, um, obviously COVID's challenged us a lot, um, both with this podcast and our own adventures. I mean, you know, geez, when they closed the borders, we had made a decision two days before that, you know, in April that I think it was late March. Actually, yeah, that we canceled that but we decided to cancel our trip to Red Rocks and Yosemite. Yeah. And Sedona, Arizona. Oh, my God. And we had three interviews, podcast, you know, interviews lined up. Mm hmm. Would have been really cool. Yeah, because we were going to like interview Wonder Hussey, mm-hmm. um, who, if you don't follow her YouTube channel. You should. Yeah. She just travels all over the Southwest, um, usually by herself, exploring ghost towns and hot springs. Yeah. <laughs> She's quite a character. Yeah. And we were we were supposed to do an episode with her in the Tacopa Hot Springs. We were going to go on one of her adventures, probably get vlogged yeah. as well. That would have been Because almost all of her friends don't want to be on her, like her sister and, yeah. and friends don't want to be on her YouTube channel. Yeah. But we have no issues with that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we were going to basically tell her story. Yeah. She's got an interesting one of how she's made this into a career. Um, um, doesn't just goes and explores. And then we were supposed to reconnect with Cody Bradford. Yeah. And that would have been a lot of fun because we would have been gone climbing with him. And then we would have, you know, probably podcasted around a campfire. That was the plan. Mm-hmm. And, and then our friend Reg Smart. Was who be wasn't our friend at the time, but we were going to meet him yeah. in Sedona. Yeah. Maybe go climbing or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but because his trip to Sedona got canceled, just like our trip down there did, we eventually actually met up with him over the summer. Yeah. So um, that was good. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. But, um, and then beyond that, we had ideas to uh, travel elsewhere on the eastern seaboard, basically mm-hmm. other rock climbing destinations and interviewing some other rock climbing personalities because they're just freaking cool and not too many people know the stories behind certain locations. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we did for Ontario climbing. Yeah, talking to Gus. Yeah, about the history and the ethos and politics and just about that area, which is cool. But um, so that got kiboshed. And so then we started... You know, just we we did connect with a couple people in person. In fact, Sarah Duma had just had COVID a month before, (laughs) (laughs) but we still got to connect with her about the El Camino, Patagonia and Antarctica uh, trips that she had done. And somehow she's still like out traveling again. Uh, She's in Canada, though, in Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. So she won't give it up. Yeah. (laughs) Why? You know, that's her thing. Right. But um, yeah, we met up with a few others, but um we say at a distance because we have a 25 foot long cable yeah. <laughs> and eventually we started uh, zooming doing zoom calls. So yeah. our last one with Paul Gaines, who's a photojournalist um, for wildlife photography is what he does now. More recently, he used to do sports journalism covering the Olympics, um, et cetera. And some really interesting. And then we've got a really cool one coming up after this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're into rock climbing in Ontario, we have Ethan Salvo coming up. Um, and the fact that he's like arguably one of the strongest climbers in the province, if not the country, bouldering, and yeah. he's only sixteen, you can all hate him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that and the fact that he went from newbie to uh, to what he's at now in three climbing years. I mean, V fifteen, fourteen, fourteen in three years. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a climber and you know what any of those things mean, uh, you know he's a haunch. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's very it's a very interesting episode because you start to see if people go, oh man, I'd like to be that good. Listen yeah. to the episode and see what goes into being that good. Yeah, um, and then see if you still want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might have fingers of an eighty year old. <laughs> you know, well, and also just the dogged determination. Yeah, like you, 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 
the the biggest thing that I, I found, you know, in talking to him was um, just the level of commitment, right? Uh, and so, give a listen. You know, it'll come out in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, so so we've had to adapt to things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done episodes about COVID. Uh, this year yeah because um, what the fuck else are you you know it's it's how do you it, deal when you can't go on adventures what yeah, the fuck like what, you know, what do you do and how do you stay in shape when the gyms are closed absolutely um it's a big deal you know so so there's all these adaptations um the people who adapt to change the best mm-hmm. i think are the ones that are faring the best right yeah. and so in a sense the fact that we make kind of uh doing new things new challenges like that's just part of our yeah makeup um his when unexpected challenges come along it turns out you have this uh unintended skill mm-hmm. right uh of being able to adapt yeah right because if you can figure out oh okay something went wrong but we got out of the mountains alive um mm-hmm. or we were on this climb and things didn't go but we got off at alive Mm-hmm. Well, then when something just in daily life happens, y- you've developed a skill to adapt that you didn't consciously set out to build. But because um, I got to say, like, for the most part, and there's been there's been like challenges and there's been troubling uh, days or whatever you want to call it. But for the most part, we've actually had a really fun summer and fall. You know what? We really have. I, I like to look at, you know, challenges in any way possible from a positive experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been working from home. It's offered me a lot of flexibility. I'm able to go biking at lunchtime when my kids were home in the summer. We live by a river. We went fishing. I taught them how to ride their bikes without their trainers. Mm-hmm. Big deal because I usually don't have the time. And that takes a lot more time than I ever expected it to. To the end of the summer, they were mountain biking and doing, coming down hills. I wouldn't even attempt when I first started mountain biking. Which for Catherine was this year. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Yeah. So mountain biking for me, because we couldn't get into the gyms, was the next thing to do. Because I had gotten back on my hybrid and I realized, yeah, I really like this. And then you wanted to get a, a mountain bike. I had just broken my arm, my elbow. That sucked from biking. Mm-hmm. And uh, not mountain biking, but just on a path. It's really quite embarrassing. Um, so two months later, I got on a mountain bike, which actually was really good, I think, for my rehabilitation. Because mm-hmm. it actually, because it was really super stiff before that. But I loved, I love it. Mm-hmm. I actually think I love it. I don't feel as fear. I don't feel as fearful towards mountain biking as I do for rock climbing outdoors. I'm always, because I'm not used to it. You don't go that often, right? And um, so it takes, you know, there's always that, I don't know, it's a, a, little, a little bit of uneasiness that's always there. It's always, it's getting better. And for people who haven't heard this before, I've had a slight fear of heights, you know, in the past. So it might be a part of that. Well, I think the thing with climbing, though, too, is that not to say that you can't wipe out on your mountain bike, um, but climbing has very real dangerous consequences if you screw up on your safety, you take risks, you, you know. Yeah. Right. So uh, not to say like obviously just riding on an easy park path. Um, you fell over and broke your elbow. Yeah. So it's not that you can't hurt yourself on your bicycle, but uh, climbing the the sense of danger feels much more immediate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, which is one of the challenges to overcome when you're doing it. Yeah, but it, and it didn't take me long to get over it. I, I know that people talk about that there's that fear of getting back on your bike. And mm-hmm. I had a bit of that going fast down rural highways or you know country roads when i was road riding um but certainly you don't want to hit a tree if you're mountain biking so yeah i was a little nervous but you know what it makes you feel like a kid Mm -hmm. super exciting great great exercise better than i think road cycling because i'll do it for longer we were going for a couple hours at a time yeah great cardio workout for me and um 
yeah, we got to travel, especially at this time of the, you know, with COVID lockdown, not being able to travel over the border. We usually go to the Adirondacks or our Vegas trip or elsewhere. Mm. You know, we were able to go to uh, northern parts of Ontario and Quebec and go mountain biking. We were in Collingwood, Wasega, um, some of the forest trails there, or even locally in, in Cambridge. and Yeah, with the Hydrocat and Puss Lynch. Yeah, yeah, I know that's been really great. And Puss Lynch is just down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was really great working from home. At times, if you were off that day, we'd go biking together mm-hmm. and then I'd go back home and go back to work. And it was just awesome. Yeah. So it, I think the, the thing for us has been that the there was that initial, like we had a lockdown that was two months long here in Ontario. Yeah. Um, and uh, Catherine worked from home. I was non-essential. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you had to develop new habits, right? What did you do, and what did you do for the two months? Um, I... Built my little home gym. Um, so every day I would go on a weighted hike and strength train. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's funny because when I got back to work, because mm-hmm. I d- like actually during quarantine, I got in great shape um, because I was training like, you know, a lot of days twice a day. Um, but I was able to rest properly from it and all that kind of thing. But then when I went back to work, uh, because I work at an outdoor store, uh, I wasn't used to being on my feet nine hours a day. <laughs> so a lot of my training gains went out the window because I was just like, uh, like my feet killed and my back hurt. And <laughs> it took actually like, a, you know, four to six weeks to, to reacclimatize my body to being on my feet, you know, for, for all that time. And, you know, walking um basically you know 18 to 20,000 steps a day on a concrete floor uh so it, it was kind of an interesting thing where and then the climbing gym reopened mm-hmm. and then so we got sort of climbing fitness back sort of building up again yeah and then the climbing gym we're we're in lockdown 2.0 in Ontario we are it's been about three weeks now that it's been locked down yeah. No. How long? Uh, Two weeks? Actually, it was just around Christmas. Yeah, it was Christmas. So it was, about a week and a half. Yeah. Wow, well, it feels like it's been longer. But um, you know what? When the climbing gym reopened, it took me a bit to a while to go back. And then once I did, I quickly realized how important it was for our mental health. And that of my kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe just because I can only handle them for so long. <laughs> but really, like, they really needed to exercise like that because climbing's so fabulous for yeah. it. And I was quite amazed at how, you know, the kid, yeah, like the kids hadn't climbed outdoors for, for about a year. Mm-hmm. And when we were in Gatineau, Quebec, um, we climbed, they did their first 85 or 80 footer and they did it with ease you know, more or less, Hudson totally, and then Amanda was nervous, but she accomplished it. Mm-hmm. And and for me too, usually my very first outdoor climb, I want to, you know, sit in the harness, make sure it's working, you know? And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Like enough of this, right? But it was really interesting how our muscle memory um, or emotional anxiety of handling fear, right, in a good way was still there, if not stronger. Mm-hmm. So now when I boulder in the gym, I never worry about not going for it. I generally do. Maybe some things I'm a little bit more nervous about, but a lot less nervous. Yeah. And so I really super appreciated going back to the gym. And so we continued and the kids have done, are doing really well. They're at the same level of us, just, just a bit below. We're climbing the same level, but they can't do all of them because of their size. But yeah, climbing's so awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's hope that reopens, because uh, yeah. if they if they do everything the way they did the first time, things reopened in waves. Yeah, not all at once. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, if you haven't, if you, you know, if you have been a member of your climbing gym or were a member just before it closed, and you're not aware, some gyms are asking, you know, if people want to to maintain their membership fees, mm-hmm. even though they're not open, and we're doing that. Um, you know, we love our gym and we want to see them continue because honestly, there's, I, and I said that to them, like, I've never realized how important they are for mental health and just 
family activity and overall physical yeah. activity and health. And, and, and for our gym, um, our climbing gym, they even have like a little wake work, a workout section. Yeah. So, so that's one of the things we would do is twice a week go in and lift weights Yeah. and twice a week go in and climb you know, over the last few months. Yeah. So shout out to core climbing gym in Cambridge. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And they were even doing when they had, um, a maximum capacity of 10, they'd still remain open and you just book in your time. And actually it was even better mm-hmm. because you had practically the whole gym to your, you know, yourself and nine other people. Yeah. And if, if it was you, me and the kids were 40% of the, uh, yeah. Capacity. <laughs> so it was amazing climbing. Yeah. The best experience, aside, you know, unless you want to hang out with people, and, and really, quite honestly, it is fun. That's a cool energy too. But mm-hmm. given what's going on, you feel safe, and you've got great climbing. Yeah, and and you don't have to wait for anything. Yeah, uh, and now we so, don't have to wait for anything either. Yeah, so support we, your local gym. Yeah, um, it's funny because like you you develop an emotional connection to your climbing gym. Mm-hmm. Our regular gym we go to, eh, uh, you know. Like, I, I wish, you know, we had access to it. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, I like lifting weights. Uh, but it's funny just as far as the environment goes. Yeah. Um, we're very big. You know. It's so, a good gym, though. I oh, mean, for the membership that I was paying for with Dave. Oh, no, I, I have no complaint with that. 20 bucks I'm just saying, like, there, there's no emotional connection to it. I know. It's true. You know. Yeah. Just basically a big box gym. And the only reason we chose it is because it was close. And cheap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's the closest one to our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and it, it is, it's a fascinating thing, though, that we've run into this year is lots of walks. We actually just got back from going on a snowshoeing hike today. Two and a half hours in Hockley Valley. Lots of hills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I peaked at 200 beats per minute and I'm four, almost 46 years old. What does that say about me? Um, you have the heart rate of a hummingbird <laughs> or your heart rate monitor. Because but I think both of us, because we both have Garmin watches, mm-hmm. yours seem to read really high today and mine seem to re- be ridiculously low. Yeah, but you weren't tracking, which is bullshit for the amount of money we've paid for it. But I tend to track high anyway. Yeah. I'm not surprised. That's pretty consistent. Like when I was tracking at 175, it was comparable to how I feel when I'm mountain biking. I could, I, it was the same feeling. Yeah, whereas 175 is redlined for me. Yeah, but that whole idea of 220 minus your age is not accurate. No, no. Or, or my garments not Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. We should get that professionally done at some point. Yeah, do the fitness test. Yeah. With the heart rate chest strap on because yeah. those are measuring more accurately. But we did do some episodes about home fitness routines that really work work well for mm-hmm. us. We did one on, I think, quarantine fitness, hence COVID yep. and all. Yeah, and then we, we talked with our pal Allison, who's a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that revolved a lot around, you know, movement and fitness and rehab type things. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, um, people are jumping into new training workout regimens. Before right? they're ready. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like from even running, like just the base things that are perceived to be so easy and that they can just jump into, they really need to ease into it. Mm. Otherwise, they're going to cause injury. Yeah, like uh, as a coach, I always referred to it as first you have to train to train. Mm-hmm. Like you can't train until you've trained to train. Like it's sort of a preparatory phase to get your body ready to actually do real work, but it dramatically reduces the risk of injuries um, from doing too much. Yeah. Right. Um, and and it is it, one of the, the uh, and I don't think we had this in the episode, but like one of the most common things we're doing right now um, is every minute on the minute. I love those workouts. Yeah. Because they just, they hit everything. Yeah. So basically uh, you pick an exercise, just the, the regular push up. So you put an interval timer on your phone um, and you set uh a one minute uh work time and a one minute recovery time for the intervals choose five right so that'll basically mean two of each mm-hmm. um and then just hit go and if you want to get like increase your strength then it's basically something fairly heavy for like two or three reps every minute for 10 minutes mm-hmm. um if you want to 
get your build muscular endurance or get your heart rate up, uh, build muscle, um, then choosing a weight uh, that you can do like 15 reps with, but just do 10 reps uh, of an exercise per minute. So it beeps, do 10, put the weight down, uh, and you only get the recovery until it beeps again for the next minute. Yeah. Right? So you do 10 sets in 10 minutes. Yeah, generally the way it's worked out is in that minute, 30 seconds of it is the workout. Mm-hmm. And then the other 30 seconds you're, you're resting. But it's kind of neat because we've really been able to challenge our bodies physically with these home workouts you just make do and we've used resistance bands we've you we you know got a i bought a very heavy paperweight 45 pound kettlebell and i leave it out in the middle of my living room sometimes so i if i have to trip over it then it's time to do some swings yep (laughs) as a reminder um but we also have um blood flow occlusion bands that you put around your biceps or your thighs or your thighs and if you're working at either of those parts it restricts the, the blood flow to your muscles and the oxygen so it actually tricks your muscles into thinking that it's working harder because it's getting less oxygen so it's a great way either for rehabilitation with you know from injury you don't have to lift as you get the same training benefit using lighter weights with these blood flow occlusion bands than you would as if you were using the same weights, maybe about 80 to 90% of it. Yeah, no, because basically you can use as little as 20% of your maximum uh, and still get the same kind of, um, you know, muscle building effect mm. as you would using 75 or 80% of your max. Yeah. Um, but, and that works really well for us because obviously for lower body exercises, we don't have any heavy weights. Yeah. Right? So it's doing a lot of one-legged things, um, blood flow restriction, adding bands to things. <laughs> you know, like there's yeah. different ways that we're, we're making it work. You know, on that note, I just want to give a shout out again to Alison Godet because she's actually my physiotherapist. So when I broke my elbow, I connected with her and we did it all virtually. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about. Um, if you have something that's irking you right that you want to get fixed during COVID that you can there's still some really great people out there that can help you and make a big difference it was amazing so it's it's really actually it's made it quite convenient Mm -hmm. uh yeah so we've been doing you know your resistance bands your trx yep Uh, Uh, i've got gymnastics rings at my place yeah uh what else have we been doing Uh, i picked up a may spell you've never used it yet but it's no. basically a uh, basically a steel pole with a 15-pound shot put welded on the end. And you swing it all around, kind of like... It's, how, much, it, how much does it weigh? Uh, well, f- maybe like 16 pounds with the handle, because mm. the handle's hollow. Um, but because imagine like taking a, a super heavy club and swinging it around. Yeah. All your core has to engage, your... Like when you're doing like uh, the behind the neck yeah, or behind your head swings yeah. really gets your shoulder mobility and gets your shoulders into it. Your whole body's involved. So it's it's kind of fun to go out and like swing the thing around. And because it's <laughs> tough as shit, you can yeah. also, if you've got like an old tire, you can use it like a sledgehammer and pound the tire. Um, so there's a variety of different things that you can do with it. And it's kind of one of those odd implements, kind of like a kettlebell. Um, you know, it takes a little bit of practice and skill to use because, you know, if you're swinging it behind you and you whack yourself in the ass, it hurts. But, uh, you know, again, it, it, it's making do and still making progress. Um, and it's the same thing for any of our rock climbers out there. Uh, you can make your own fingerboards because that's the other thing I did is I just took some, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. strapping. Well, I don't, it wasn't even strapping. It's like basically like trim. Um, and screwed it to a ceiling beam because I've got exposed beams in the basement. Mm-hmm. Um, I screwed it to a ceiling beam um, and it already had like uh, a little bit of a rounded edge on it. Um, and I had two of them. One of them was about 15 millimeters deep and the other was 20 millimeters deep. Um, and I just positioned them like one above the other and I can hang from them or I can do like try to do one hand pull-ups on it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and it's all stuff to strengthen your fingertips. Because what I'll do is I'll do some like max effort work, um, pulling as hard as I can on the small one, but with just one hand. So I'm not going to lift mm-hmm. myself. I'm not that strong. Um, but do these five second max effort pulls yeah. and alternate hands. And I'll do that a bunch of times. And then I'll, with both hands, hang from the thicker one until my forearms are completely pumped. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know if it was climbing or jujitsu. That's something else we got into this year. Um, but my right hand, the middle finger in the joint uh, to the palm, it's like swollen. And I'm going to get that x-rayed and imaged, whatever. Yeah, so any, anybody it. that's ever punched before properly, it's your punching knuckle. Yeah. Um, and because we got into striking the pads, because again, looking for different things to do fitness-wise. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that. That's um, pretty recent. You know, and because I already had striking pads and I've done various martial arts, you know, throughout my life. So it was like, okay, let's work on stuff. Yeah. Um, And so teaching Catherine how to jab. And I think that it's your jab in hand, right? It is. You know, is it your right? No, it's your it right. Yeah, it's my right hand. Oh, so no, that's not sorry, your no, jab. No, I'm sorry. It's my striking hand. Your your power hand. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine's got a mean wallop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you apparently. Know, she, can, she can hit hard, but because we didn't have any padded gloves, we were just wearing our bike gloves when yeah. she was doing it. I just got them, but uh, it was a nice Christmas present, and it's great to do with the kids. They mm-hmm. love it. They love it. Yeah. Especially the chokehold. It's like, <laughs> I've got this great photo of Hudson on your neck in the air. You're standing, and he's like- Hanging off my like neck. He's like 45 pounds, and he's got his body horizontal, perpendicular to you because he's trying to choke you out it's not working <laughs> and i'm standing up and walking around with this kid hanging yeah. off my neck so um, we have one other friend that's in our bubble and we uh do jujitsu with her so it's a lot of fun yeah she turned her, her garage into a dojo <laughs> yeah pads you just put floor mats yeah it's it's pretty incredible and you know we got the striking pads and now you got uh, we got the whole like chest rig so it's they cool. can all punch the shit out of me without breaking any I ribs know. I know, but uh, you know, you take a lot of uh, force beating from us because you want to, you want us to know what it's like to choke somebody out, right? Yeah, you know, so that's a lot of fun. But it's interesting. You have to. It's a it's a great sport of control and discipline as well. Because you want to just get mad. Well, a switch just you know flips. Like you pissed me off that one time, and apparently I hit your nose. Like I. <laughs> really mad at you and just through the elbow i did i did i didn't even get you with the hard part of my no it was the meaty tricep it's a good thing all that training has made i was the... mad yeah i was not happy i'm like <laughs> you know and then uh her too right so we've decided that when we gridlock uh, you know especially her and i it's like we want to do it like, slow down almost like a chest chest game yeah you do one move like do the whole thing then i do another move to learn yeah so for people who haven't done jujitsu uh, or MMA, mixed martial arts, because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. It's a combination of wrestling, grappling, right? With submissions, um, punching and kicking. Yeah. That um, it is, what did I want to say? For people who are, um, yeah, there's things like, such as tapping out, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's a full body workout. Mm-hmm. And it's great cardio, because you two like are just gassed all the time. Yeah, your idea of us going at it for three minutes is just not, like, try 30 seconds. Well, that's where, like, basically, like, I reduced it from five-minute rounds yeah. to three-minute, figuring, ah, oh, that'll give them, you know, that's, <laughs> but they're sort of at that spaz stage where we're 30 seconds and they're completely gassed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we, we just do it where I just stay in the ring the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the mat. Yeah. And just rotate. And then you're sore the next day your neck is sore. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah. you know. Because, you know. I, I sort of let you do stuff. Right. It's like, no, you're not squeezing hard enough. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's really great. It's a very strategic uh, sport, like chess. For every move, there's a counter move. And it's, you know, you truly, women can spar with guys. It doesn't have to be all about strength. In fact, they tend to have to be more strategic and technical, mm. smarter with their moves. Um, but it, there's physics is everything to do with it. I thought that one move is really cool where if you're pushing me and I'm pushing you, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden I start, I, I reverse my force mm-hmm. from pushing you away to pushing you forward and out of my way. <laughs> It's awesome. It's just brilliant. Yeah, just it's little a, things like that. Yeah, right? it's the basics of judo, right? Yeah. Using somebody's force against them. Yeah, being efficient. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a really amazing, fun activity, especially during times when you have nothing, you know, else you can do or 
aside from being outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, and this is the thing. It's like we're talking about all the different things we've done yeah, because um, it is our podcast after all. Um, but if during this whole thing, you've just sort of just made it through, <laughs> you're doing good too. <laughs> you know That's what okay. I mean? Like, like for us, I think it's all of these things are what keep us sane, right? It's, it's finding challenges. And if we can't go do this challenge, we'll come up with a different challenge. It's... Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a thing that we both know about ourselves that basically is to stagnate is to go backwards. Totally. It's, um, it's I would say it's probably depression for me mm-hmm. to not continue to grow and not be working towards something. And obviously physical activity is known to be really good for you. Both um, mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, I've changed my diet. So after I broke my el- before I broke my elbow, I was at 189. So I had gone I like years when I first met you, I was probably 230. Mm-hmm. So I lost some weight, but then I kind of stagnated uh, at two ninety seven, ninety five. No, you mean one ninety seven, ninety five. I'm five six. Anyway, um, so anyway, yeah, I. Uh, um, started keto. So I, yeah, I got to 189. Um, then I broke my elbow, which sucked because I was doing quite a bit of working out and it was, it was just really good. I was getting back into cycling and, um, I put on 15 pounds essentially over the course of three, four months. Yeah. Just because of the injury. Yeah. I started eating carbs because before that I was still doing keto or like, you know, maybe not on the menu of my book. Ali and Vogel, by the way, keto or something. And um, decided to go back on it. I just, I think inflammation yeah. was really... Yeah, and that for you, like if, if somebody's trying to get leaner, there's multiple pathways for that. Like, you know, the people who like keto get super keto, the people that like paleo, the people, that, you know, but the, fundamentally you can get lean on a variety of different diets. Yeah. But the big for you with the fact that you have knees that are just held together with, you know, wishes and duct tape, um, uh, you run into the thing where we're having a diet lower in carbs, um, and in the case of your diet, you know, I think you're, you're less than 5% of your calories are coming from carbs every day. Yeah. Um, you've noticed it's had a big impact on it, yeah. inflammation. Yeah, it, it has. Cause I know when we were biking, remember we were mountain biking in Moisega or for two hours, my knees were like shot Yeah. at the end of it. I'm like, that's bullshit. What the fuck? Like that's riding. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It's right? no impact. No. And that's scary, quite honestly. That coupled with uh, a gigantic appetite that was never satiated with what I ate. Mm-hmm. I hated that. And then I was going back to my old habits at night. eating, Snacking. Snacking, eating late at night. And not Bowls snacking. of cereal. Just starting that. And that's when I just said, this is enough. So I thought, okay, let me this time follow the menu plan. So I don't have to work out the macronutrients myself. Just because you eat keto foods doesn't mean you can eat a lot of cheese, right? And it not help you out. Yeah, because fundamentally, you know, for anybody that is um, concerned with weight management, uh, the first thing you have to pay attention to is your calories. Before you, you know, you can get down into your macronutrient, you know, ratios and everything. But if you're eating more calories than you're burning, you're not going to get leaner. But what I've always liked about keto is that you don't have to eat a lot of food to feel full. No, it's funny. Like the, satisfied. the like fat and protein take forever to go through you, so you're full yeah. longer. No, I really like that a lot. And it brought back my mojo for cooking, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think I lost 10 pounds within a week, Yeah, which, which is, I've never, ever experienced that. That means you were doing it right. Yeah. Because when you when you take carbs out of your diet because carbs are stored in your body with water, mm-hmm. um, when you burn those carbs off and don't replace them, then a whole bunch of water goes out too. So you see this quick um, weight loss. Yeah. Um, initially. And, and and you'll run into that with any kind of lower carb diet. Right. Um, and then you added to that uh, the fact that, you know, you've been very diligent uh, because it's one of those things. It's one thing when people look at the scale, but like when we're working out, 
um, we basically work out in the entrance way of your place. Um, and the lighting is directly overhead. So it's like terrible lighting to get your picture taken. Cause you have a giant, you know, dark shadows in your eyes, Yeah. but it's great for showing definition and muscles. Yeah. It's coming out and you're getting noticeably leaner. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. And then I, I did adjust the keto diet to be more for uh, building muscle. So the pumped up fat or protein. Protein. Keto diet. Yeah. So more proteins. I was still hungry. I was finding myself snacking on more almonds and my weight loss was starting to stall. And then Christmas happened. <laughs> I made sugar cookies with my kids. Didn't eat 10 pounds of it like I've done one year <laughs> or at least gain that much. Yeah. But nonetheless, I think I gained four pounds, so I'm back on to it. So Christmas is over. Yep. New Year's is over. Yeah. So we're back into working out, which is good. And Yeah, so, we worked out through Boxing Week. So goals. Mm-hmm. Goals. I'm excited about bike touring yeah. this year. Really excited. And bike packing. Yeah. It's something we, we would have gotten into maybe a little bit this year, mm-hmm. but... Uh, Nobody had the gear available. It was all sold out. Yes. So big, big tips. Um, And I think a lot of people have already learned this, is that whatever you plan to do in the next season, as soon as that stock comes out, buy it. Yeah, because it's funny because your kids were asking why we bought a trailer hitch for, like, Catherine got a new car. Uh, And the kids are like, what's a trailer hitch for? Like, we don't have a trailer. And it's like, well, we're going to put a bike rack on it. Well, it's winter. Why do we need a, you know, it's like, because come, we don't want to have a, an issue being able to get it come spring. No. Like, you know how nothing was available this year because everything sold out everywhere? Totally. We have a hitch that fits. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're still waiting uh, to be able to get the rack. Yeah. Um, but, you know, once we get it all in place, you I'm know. excited. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a Honda 2017 Honda CRV. And so it has, it had 20,000 kilometers on mm-hmm. it. So it was pretty cool. I've never bought a used car before and it was actually quite stressful, but got it done. And uh, one week before everything shut down, I bet I would have gotten a better deal. <laughs> well, and it's funny because the only reason you really advanced to get it now, because well, we, Boxing Week, we had a I trip know. planned. I know. And then we canceled that because with Ontario going into lockdown, we thought it'd be the responsible thing to do. Yeah, to cancel our trip. Yeah. Even though we were just going to an Airbnb. In the middle of nowhere. Huntsville to go snowshoeing on a maple maple uh, syrup farm. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yep. But, you know, we're, we don't want to be part of the problem. No. And, and, but, you know, when we can travel, that was something that we did a few times. Like we would just rent Airbnbs at cool locations, right? Um, even though you can't go really in town or you don't want to. Mm-hmm. The locations are great to go do whatever you want to outdoors. Yeah, because when we went, you know, to Collingwood, we mountain biked, we did this, we did it, you know, went rock climbing. Yeah. Um, And so it's it's one of these things where you have different options open to you. Yeah. Gatineau, Quebec is beautiful. Did we go there twice or just the one time, right? With the kids? Yeah, because we went went Christmas last year or Boxing Week last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we, and we did drive through Gatineau, but this year we went in the fall mm-hmm. it is beautiful yeah great climbing nice tall high uh climbs yep and on granite yeah that was fun and just somewhere new and it's so i guess the point of this is just explore something that's in your backyard that you normally wouldn't and mm-hmm. actually this year so we're thinking we're assuming that borders are going to be close okay if not we'll change our plans because generally where we go a lot of places will allow for cancellations, mm-hmm. especially if the provincial parks um, or anywhere. You're usually pretty lucky on that or good about, they're usually good about that. Um, or we just don't go and we go to the U.S. instead. But we're thinking potentially in October going, driving up to Lake Superior and bikepacking. Okay. Maybe also Val David in Quebec. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking like 10 days. A combination of bike packing and climbing. Like, this is why we bought the Honda, right? <laughs> and by the way, when I picked the Honda CRV, it was all about cargo space. Yep. The salespeople must have thought I was crazy. Yeah, because one of our things was we put the seats down and we both crawled in it and pretended we were sleeping. Does it have enough room to sleep in? <laughs> well, yeah. 
It was an upgrade for me because I had a Hyundai Elantra 2010. And before that, I had a 1999 Subaru Impreza Outback sport wagon. Yeah. Catherine keeps her cars for like a decade. I do. And so it was really funny talking to the salesperson because I'm like, okay, bring me up to 2020. Because <laughs> my last car, all I wanted was AC. Yeah. <laughs> and I got power windows. I have no idea. All I want here is Bluetooth. So what else is new? What is, what is this lane assist and this car will drive itself? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's been pretty cool so yeah. far. It's very exciting. I feel very backup l- cameras and I know. I feel very lucky to have this car. Really, you know, yeah. and it's all-wheel drive. I and know it's got a bunch of stuff. I don't even have to drive. I, although I miss driving standard, but it's all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very excited. Yeah. So you know what? I mean, we would. I would never go to Lake Superior. I mean, Lake Superior is beautiful from the photos i've seen Mm -hmm. but it's a long ass drive yeah but if we can't do anything else let's go do it yeah and make some stops along the way so that'll be really really cool so bike packing so i've got my trainer set up in my living room as well yep Uh, i got my two bikes here actually i got winston gave me his bike stand it's really cool and it's got my mountain bike but my hybrids on a trainer um right now it's a bit of a it's kind of like a a ghetto peloton yeah. Yeah, because you got your bike on the trainer, and then you just look out the window. <laughs> Open up uh-huh. all the windows and... Yeah, or listen to podcasts, whatever. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I'm listening to David Goggins, uh, his book, Can't Hurt Me. It's really good. Yeah, he's he's one of these, like, an ex-Navy SEAL, crazy fitness motivation fanatic training guys. Is thrives on being in the state of, of being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He chases that. Yeah. Doesn't want to leave his potential on the table. It's a really great read when you're trying hard things. But um, going back to adventure and doing hard shit, um, we recently interviewed Frederick Shewitt of um, One Axe Pursuits. One Axe Pursuits and One and One Axe or Extreme One Axe. One Axe. Yeah, One Axe Extreme. Yeah. So uh, this this episode, number 45, is called Next Level Adventure, Erupting Volcanoes. And that's what he does. He mm-hmm. rigs up lines so that people can traverse erupting volcanoes around the world. And he's taken out George, what's his last name? From the Angry uh, Planet. Yeah. The former host of that. Um, to the, the pit of fire in Kazakhstan. Or no, Ky- Kyr- Kyrgyzstan. One of the stands. Yeah. <laughs> And royalty from somewhere we can we don't know who you know wanted to be the first to go down to an erupting volcano, volcano. and we're talking like maybe about eight hundred to twelve hundred feet in the volcano, volcano. that's erupting. Yeah. So, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool interview. Yeah. Chat. Um, we'll have to reconnect with him about ice climbing because that's mm-hmm. what he does. In the wintertime. Yeah. He yeah. make he makes his own ice climbing wall to teach you how to climb, mm-hmm. like in the Alora Gorge. It's in his backyard. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And there, there were the, he had some pictures up on Instagram uh, showing the the wa- like his homemade waterfall isn't done yet, like ice wall. So uh, he was teaching people how to um, climb sort of steep snow and and ascend fixed lines and things like you'd use in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it, it's one of those things. If you want to learn how to climb mountains, yes. like real alpine mountains. But you're here in Ontario. He's one of the few guys that actually has the setup. Uh, can teach you all the skills, even though we don't have any real mountains. Yeah, he knows generally, you know, what you're probably going to be getting into. And whether it be glacier, crossing glaciers or crevasses and how to do rescues from out of, out of them. Yep. Um, yeah, so great guy to have on your team. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we're sort of speaking of like adventures, obviously uh being sort of an authentic true self kind of thing the the episode that everybody if you haven't listened to it that you have to was alex mm. um a friend of ours uh basically was born female transitioned to being a man and it, it's something where for those of us who have never been through that sort of thing right you know it's like i'm just who i am right like i'm i i have no uh what I see in the mirror, well, at times, you know, uh, could be improved upon. <laughs> I it, I don't have any issue where I, you know, it doesn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his episode was really um, a lot of fun. 
you know, there's a lot of humor in there, but uh, for people who are wondering, you know, because a lot of people have never met anybody that's transgendered, yeah, right, and have a clue of what they go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it, for a lot of people, it'll be a really both eye-opening, um, obviously entertaining, because, you know, <laughs> it was very funny, um, and, uh, you know, educational, Right, like, because one of the things with adventure is seeing things and experiencing things you've never experienced before. Yeah. Right, so this is almost like an adventure for your mind. Yeah, it's um, you know, this, it's a very humanitarian inside view yeah. on why it was so important to do it. Really beautiful. Um, actually, the one just before it um, was also an amazing, amazing episode. It's one of our top episodes, actually, for downloads. It's called it's episode twenty seven with Eric and Alyssa and Alyssa on the faces of mental health. That's when I do. I I had the epiphany where, <laughs> um, if you have like more concussions than you can count, that might have something to do with lifelong depression. Yeah, and it's a thing. I I only figured that out at forty nine years old. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that was a really great episode because it had four different perspectives on mental health and mm-hmm. how we all experience it. And, you know, great golden tidbits on what helps us. And this was before COVID. Mm-hmm. So uh, we aired it twice. It's, it's just such an important topic. And I think we no, we didn't air it twice, but we did promote it just especially with COVID, we wanted people to take yeah. the time. Yeah, because we, we did another episode with them as well. Yeah. Um, more recently. But but I think it, it is. It's like one of the great things I think we can all take out of COVID mm. is uh, if one person is going through something and is having a, a hard time mentally, right, whether, whether it's a depression, anxiety, any of these things, it's easy for people to go, uh, get your shit together, right? You know, and so it, whereas with COVID, we're all going through it, yeah, right? So it, it's like, it, it's almost given people um, a free pass to be more open about their own mental health, mm-hmm. right? Because there isn't a stigma when it's like, man, we're all dealing with this, yeah, right? Versus, mm-hmm. you know, during normal times, it's harder for people to go, hey, I need some help or things aren't going so well mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you feel like you're the only one. Yeah. Right. Whereas with this, it's like, nope, it's everybody. <laughs> no, my work has been really great. And I think that um, there's been a great big emphasis, um, I'll say for the tech industry, because I've seen it. Um to be mindful of people's mental health mm-hmm. and whether you realize it or not. But everybody has different needs, whether it be uh, anxiety or as scary as it can also be, you know, uh, in dealing with addiction, but also in some cases, people are living with their abuser, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's just escalated in bigger ways. So, Never has it never I think has there been a time when, you know, always being kind to people has become so important Um, that with relationships, that's been another big thing, even in your own life. You know how people have their midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. right? What am I doing? They wake up. Yeah, because now they're at home looking at their partner or their significant other, their life. Well, because things got job, my relationships. What am I doing? Like, why? Mm hmm. It's no longer the same that they can just coast through, right? So um, it's an opportunity. Um, I, for me, like I've gone through the most growth through crisis, and it wasn't because I brought it on; it's because it happened. Yeah. Of course, I was a part of it. I, you know, it takes two to tango in a marriage, right? Or other circumstances, you know, people pass away, but um, huge opportunity for growth. So. I think that if you can lean into that, that's what I learned this year was um, I started mindfulness workshop in June, been taking it every weekend, like once a week. Yeah, I couldn't watch TV this morning because she was doing it. <laughs> We're talking about intuition and creativity. <laughs> no, but it's um, 
Really interesting. I, I That's when I learned that I value the most uh, growth. You know, I used to say in the past adventure and travel, it, you know, it's really but, the growth. That but comes that's what it. it's basically the growth is the end result yep. of those vehicles. Yeah, but it's really helped me, you know, hone in on that, right? To then reprioritize my life. And it's a bit of, I think, what this podcast we're trying to do is help people engineer a life that's really meaningful for you yeah and, right? and a lot of it's just it's not us telling you what to do um but telling you what we did well, um I, and and you yeah. know connecting with other people who might give you pieces because it, for us it's this ongoing journey right and that's I, one of the most fascinating things for me is like um there is no destination Right. It's just uh, exploring until it's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's. Yeah. So looking at uh, our episodes going forward, um, it's going to have a lot of the same things that we've had before, you know, talking about how to's and all that kind of thing. But uh, we're putting more emphasis on the journey part of it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more exciting than talking to somebody who's passionate about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, that's contagious, right? Everybody wants a piece of that. And so that's what really fuels who we often want to talk to next is who they're talking. I mean, And actually, a great example of this is when Winston said to me, we need to talk to this guy. He comes to my store. His name's Ron. Ronnie. Ron Dershner. You know, he's, he's a fisherman. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like... I can't stand fishing. I'm like, I'm done with it. I've done it for many years, you know, like, no, <laughs> and it took a whole year of, you know, it being in the background until I started following this guy on Instagram. But what made him different and why we did have a podcast with him, this guy is a comedian. He's a rapper. You know, he's just a really funny guy and he, he knows his stuff and he just has a very different outlook and very useful outlook on fishing. Mm-hmm. So we, so there's an example yeah. of how, you know, what he did didn't matter so much as how he did it or how he conveyed it. It was just really cool. Yeah. Fun, fun guy. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things. Like if, you, if there's anything you guys, anybody you think we should talk to, uh, Go to our website, www.livewildradio.com. You'll see the contact us button. Yeah, because that's a number of uh, our guests have come from people listening to an episode and going, hey, you should talk to this person. Yeah. Um, so that that ends up being pretty cool. Um, and, w- and we're happy for the feedback because there's obviously, we're reaching out to people that we're aware of, but there's so many wicked stories out there Yeah. Um, that we're always you know, on the lookout for, for interesting people to talk to. And now that we figured the Zoom thing out. <laughs> Makes it so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have to put pants on. I know. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even, yeah. <laughs> Where's the first place you want to go when we can travel? Uh, I want to go back to the Southwest. Yeah. Well, and I want to go to the Red River Gorge. I haven't taken you there yet. Hmm. Um, I want to get back to the Dax. Um be fun to go hike a section you know in the white mountains on the appalachian trail oh my god that would um want to go climbing in val david in quebec yeah so there's there's a bunch that i want to do (laughs) you know yeah so vaccine woo any any of you anti-vaxxers out there eat a bag of dicks (laughs) (laughs) you know and and uh the uk new covid variant you know i don't know where the, what is it like the UK flu or I don't is that know. what they're calling it? Well, I, I don't, I'm just making I something up. Um, but the but the new variant it can go die too. Yeah. Um, because it's one of these things like we're we're all like putting our effort in and doing our part and limiting our contact and wearing masks and all these things. Yeah. I just want to get back to doing shit. I know. <laughs> you know? I know, like it's going to be over a year at the minimum. But listen, in the meantime, check out our website. We've got an amazing um, number of blogs that Winston's written on how-tos. Um, and our YouTube channel, just search us out, livewildradio.com. Our podcasts are there. But there's some other great how-to uh, videos that we've put out in the past as well. So yeah. get yourself up to speed. Summer's coming. Winter's here. 
Um, we have a bunch of from the first year intro to winter camping and backpacking. Check them out. Give us a ring or an email. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. Live wild. You said it wrong. I did. Work hard. Play dirty. <laughs> <laughs>